Welcome to the Homestead Life Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph. Let's get growing. Okay. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me. This is Jody. Um, I ran across her on Twitter, and she has a mission that is very near to me that I've been talking about lately of uh, urban farming as a what I was seeing her talk about and I wanted to invite her on and uh, give her an opportunity to tell about her passion and her story if she wants and what she plans on doing going forward and uh, how me or any of our listeners can can help out so without further ado Jody, good to have you on absolutely thank you so much for having me my name is Jody and I am an urban farmer in Connecticut I've been passionate about growing food ever since I was a baby. Basically, I grew up on a homestead in Jamaica with my grandmother and um, growing food has always been a passion of hers and my grandfather. Um, They grew their own food out of necessity, out of just cultural norms, out of just um, caring for nature and wanting to get out and take care of plants. So um, that's something that I was raised to do. So when I moved um, to the U.S., I still always grew my own herbs, even if it was just in like a little basket outside my apartment or in the backyard. Um, but with the increasing food insecurity, especially in the urban neighborhoods, um, there's a lot of people that have started gardening but some people want to get into it and don't know how to they don't know how easy it is and um, making it my mission right now to um, start as many backyard gardens as I possibly can so um, currently it's winter time but I've just started some seeds some sprouts and you know I'm preparing for the springtime and I plan on helping people build their own raised beds in their backyards that's such a great thing um so um you're up in connecticut correct yes ct (laughs) i I live in the hartford county hartford area um so yeah there there are a lot of people who actually have gotten into gardening in my neighborhood and I, i i find it really awesome um so it's it's definitely become a popular quarantine hobby for a lot of people. It has, and that's been wonderful to see. And uh, I'm I'm down here on the Gulf of Mexico, so a lot warmer here than there. Oh, um, so you, you you have good weather all year round. I I do I do <laughs> I, I I grow my garden year round outside. Um, that's so, amazing. I'm I'm actually still growing some stuff outside. I have a greenhouse with some brassicas so there are vegetables that are cold hardy that um, can tolerate the 30 degree or even seven degree weather Um, so yeah I definitely have some brassicas out there I have broccoli kale arugula cilantro I planted some garlic bulbs um, some onions green onions 
and kale gets yeah. such a good sweet taste in the wintertime too yes kale gets so sweet in the wintertime it's amazing honestly i have friends that don't even care for kale and you know I, I made my friend a kale salad the other night she was like this tastes so good like how does this taste like this uh, you know the kale usually has like this strong taste and like the winter the, the the cold makes the the kale just taste so sweet so one thing that the texture and everything so one thing that happened um last year when the coronavirus hit was everybody made a run on the stores and uh, I'm not sure how it was in Connecticut, but down here, um, the, the grocery store aisles were just empty. There, there was no canned food. There was no fresh food. And um, I think that woke a lot of people up to uh, maybe the need to have a garden of their own. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm a very proactive person. So I, I saw this coming a mile away. So when people were holding on to their normalcy bias um last year i was already buying stuff ahead of time so i was buying extra toilet paper you know i was one of those people you know i would consider myself a casual prepper so i always have food stored um for emergencies whether it's a loss of job or um just you short on resources you need to always have extra food you need to have you know, all, all, all the things that you need for survival. I mean, growing up in Jamaica, you have to prepare hurricane season. Mm -hmm. You know, my grandmother would always be buying um, supplies months before hurricane season. So candles, extra fuel, kerosene for the kerosene lamps, all of that stuff. So, um, you know, making sure your hurricane shutters are um, up to par. So it's just something that's been ingrained into me. So yeah, I did notice that the shelves did go bare and the shelves are still bare now. I mean, they are. even in a dollar store, there's, you can tell that the workers, they're pulling product to the front. So it doesn't look that sparse and they just things are just different. And of course, um, shipping has become really expensive. So with that, we're going to see the increase of um, the price of food um, but it's 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 something th that people are starting to notice and I'm happy about that but we really need to get on with becoming more prepared for um, hard times ahead of us especially with everything going on in the economy I feel like a lot of people in my age group um, or in my social circle aren't that worried about things. Um, and it alarms me a little bit. I'm kind of one of those people that tries to wake people up. I try to red pill people like, hey, they may want to <laughs> slow down on consuming so, so much fast fashion and think about, you know, the things that you may need in an emergency. Right. And, and I, obviously I deal with hurricanes, uh, hurricane Zeta completely destroyed my farm last year. Oh man. I'm so sorry to oh, hear that. Oh no. The, the Twitter community was wonderful and I was rebuilt within two months. So it was, oh, phenomenal. It was fantastic. But, um, no, I, I noticed the other day when I was in Walmart that, uh, I, I pissed, I, uh, posted pictures on Twitter of, of the bare shelves. How even the Walmart down here is starting to go, go bare again. And, um, there's rumors floating around about a worldwide famine coming because of COVID and the lack of workers in the fields and everything. And, but mm -hmm. that, that, that's all conspiracy theory, but it, 
I have been using it to to ingrain that further. You need to start a garden. You need every day. I'm on Twitter. You need to start a garden. You need to you know, start I'm, gardening. Absolutely. And, and it's it's like um it's food is the most essential thing that we need. You know, it's energy. So if we're we know how to grow our own food, just like the the same way that our grandparents did and our great grandparents did in hard times we're going through it we're at the beginning of a really um a shift in normalcy to be honest because all we have to do is study history and realize okay we've been through these stages before so if 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 we're at the stage right before things kind of collapse or things get really expensive or you know prices inflate then investing into the right things that'll help ease the pressure of um you know the prices of things changing around us it's yeah and during world war ii essential during world war ii the u.s government um encouraged people to grow a victory garden oh yeah victory garden a victory garden was the the um i think that's what they were calling it and uh, i think our government doesn't really care about people being self-sustained and and and, you know individuals anymore they want us very um dependent on them not only for information but for other resources too so and that's dangerous it it is and that's something i've been trying to push again is, is think about that victory garden mentality you know every family had a garden back then and uh yeah you know, you, I, my goal is to push people to to supplement, if not all, almost all of their their food needs out of their backyard. Mm-hmm. Um, I teach people. Um, let's see, turn my phone down. I teach people square foot gardening and companion planting and things like that to help increase the output of their gardens in in smaller areas. But uh, one thing that's been on my mind and my heart a lot lately is. The, uh, what the USDA calls the food deserts that take place in, the, in all the urban areas. You know, that's it, where within one mile radius, there is not fresh food available to the residents. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that's a deeply urban problem. And it's one that could, could be fixed with the right people and the right resources. Absolutely. And um, so I, I seen that you mentioned urban gardening and... Um, is your thoughts a uh, I know your thoughts is everybody needs their own garden how do you feel about community gardens do you think there's that ability for whole communities to come together on a plot of land and grow together and I think yes yes that would be a good solution um so far I've been volunteering at a few community gardens so I'll even just ask my friends like, hey, like buy me some seeds so I can bring it over to the garden or I'll blast out a post on Facebook. Um, yeah, that's very essential. We need the we need the, the culture of gardening to come back together. Um, you know, teaching kids how to garden would be a good start so they can bring it up to their parents too. Um, but yeah, community gardening is, is essential, but it's 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 hard to really get people into new things without i'm i'm not really sure i'm 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 trying to 
make it appealing to people, like make it seem like a luxury, like, hey, come volunteer with me and see what this is about to just um, spring new ideas in people's minds. But yeah, starting in the community base is is definitely essential. Um, do, you, do you think it's a lack of interest that people have? It's definitely a lack of interest. Um, I mean, nobody likes weeding the garden. Yeah, and people look at gardening as if it's it's something that is non-essential or something that, you know, only old people do. Like it's and a hobby just, or something. Yes, it's 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 weird. And it's like, why wouldn't you want the the luxury of being able to cut your own kale or your own spices? You know, I love cooking with fresh rosemary. I'm growing fresh rosemary inside of my apartment. How amazing is it to to add fresh rosemary to my meal without having to go to the store to purchase it? It's it's it it is a luxury, and it's something that has been unforgotten. Like we we forgot how to just not depend on the system for small things like that you know so um yeah making it appeal to people as if um yeah it's a new thing even though we're not really reinventing the wheel um that's that's my way of um putting it out there on social media because i think the image of gardening has definitely changed but there's actually a lot of people out here that garden a lot in the urban community. I actually met a beekeeper the other day, and I may get into beekeeping also. But Bee, um, beekeeping is wonderful. I've been beekeeping for a few years now. And oh, that's phenomenal! Tell me about your homestead. <laughs> so uh, we, uh, I do, um, I, I have I have a two greenhouses that I grow food for my family. Um, one of them is a traditional garden type. Uh, one greenhouse actually holds a, well, this year will hold an aquaponic system. So I'll be raising fish as well. Nice. Um, the rest of, and and I only use about a, a half acre of land. Mm -hmm. And I, I do what I was telling you earlier, the square foot and companion planting. And one thing I do is I'm in charge of the food pantry at my church. And oh, phenomenal. I, I take, I grow extra so that I can take extra to the church and, and mm -hmm. hand it out so that people can have this back to they don't have access to to fresh foods and uh, even even a food pantry you know all, all that's there is canned foods and boxed food. canned food and that's it yeah and um so we try to add a little freshness to to people's diets but um mm -hmm. um i have bees um i'm a beekeeper i've been beekeeping for several years now my son is a professional beekeeper works at a, a big bee yard and uh no, there's nothing like going out in your backyard and pulling your own honey in the in the late spring. Absolutely. And, and you know, bees are such fascinating creatures. I can I can literally just sit out there and watch them. And, and yeah, they, they, <laughs> I, I tell as I tell, long as I don't get stung, that's not <laughs> I don't yeah. I, I've never been stung. Yeah, I hear that bees know when you're scared of them. Yeah. They know like if if you're if you're you know giving off the, the sweat that makes them feel like you're agitated or anxious, then you know, while you're tending to the hive, they may Yeah, calm, slow, steady movements, nothing quick, yeah. nothing jerky. Um and, oh, they're and, very zen. I love it. And uh, they are. <laughs> and and I've never been stung out of my own hives. Now I do go remove hives that 
in people's homes. Uh-huh. They'll build up in the walls or in their attics or whatever. I've been stunned many, many times doing that because, I mean, essentially you're ripping their home out of a out of a place, and and yeah, they get a little defensive. But yeah, grow, uh, having your own bees, they're they're so yeah. they're so peaceful. They're 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 zen, just like you said. And uh, yeah, I post videos every fall when I'm harvesting honey, and you know the people on Love Twitter, it. people on Twitter or Facebook. Oh my gosh, I want some of that honey. It looks so good. And, yeah nothing's better so, than out of your backyard do you have um a youtube channel where you upload these or i do just... not i uh i have a, a second twitter profile that i put everything on okay i think youtube would definitely be a good place for you too yeah everybody keeps just bugging me too a I, lot I... of people love the visuals i can sit around and watch videos on gardening for hours that's one of the things that i do i get watching videos on gardening how people put are putting up there i love seeing the stages from people planting from seeds and how they're growing and then winterizing the garden that's it's it's one of my um guilty pleasures (laughs) i uh no i've been I, i need to i get bugged at least weekly about starting a youtube channel and calls i just absolutely it's it's maybe um yeah just start off doing like short videos just little reels where it doesn't take that much editing where you're only doing probably three shots and just bulk it all together and just upload it don't even think about it no eventually then you can you know just just start doing it eventually i'm gonna take these podcasts when i get a better camera my camera is not as good as yours um and start putting those on youtube so my podcast will be on youtube too so that'll be absolutely yeah that'll be one route thing but um so what what do you think we can do to um help educate and help interest people in this more the best thing that we can do to help interest people is to just continuously spreading the word like living that life I, i love documenting on instagram um even when i'm cutting my my morning um kale to put in my my scrambled eggs I'll just document the whole thing and people think it's so interesting to watch it's like it's so simple it's not a far-fetched thing that you can not accomplish all you need is some sunlight and some space to grow your own food so um, just encouraging people I I like building um, little mini herb gardens and gifting them to people also so for Christmas yeah, a girl got to save money. So I just gift some <laughs> some herbs in a container to my friends for Christmas. That's what I did. And um, just give them advice on how to keep it up and, you know, tell them, hey, this is how you can elevate and you can start growing potatoes in um, buckets or you can um, start oculating mushrooms. Um, this is how easy it is. So I'm just showing things on, on social media. That's how people interact the most, um, these days. And, you know, I don't really care about how many views I get as long as I consistently do it. Um, just showing people how to live the garden life. Then they are, they're always asking questions about it, you know? Yep, I just found you on Instagram. So you got a new follower. Um, what's oh, your phenomenal. Inst- what's your Instagram account? <laughs> Give yourself a shout out. 
Uh, okay, so my Instagram um, is Jody Ann, J H O D I, two. I think it has two eyes. J H O D I I A N N, um, and then my um, gardening profile that I haven't uploaded to in a while, but I, I'll definitely be posting some content um, today. Is Simple Health by Jody. So Simple Health by J H O D I. And what's your uh, Twitter? My Twitter is J. Oh, I should really. Change. <laughs> I have different names for all of these, but um, <laughs> my Twitter is J Jolie Pink Lips. J O L I E P I N P I N K L I P S. And y'all go give her a follow. I've 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 enjoyed her content since I started following her, and I've met some other interesting people through her profile. So, um, yeah. So one thing that we've done is um. At, at a couple of the schools around here now their kindergarten classes have incorporated planting seeds into a glass jar um, as part of their yearly assignment they've done it two years in a row now they'll, they'll do bell pepper seeds and um, I think that's a good way to uh, start getting young children interested in it mm -hmm. and um, I'm, I'm hoping to talk to some of the schools around here and get them to actually put a greenhouse on the school property and then oh that would be phenomenal and i've i've told them that uh, i've talked to one they're they're considering it and i told them i said i will come weekly myself and work the greenhouse and let the classes come through and, and talk to them about what's going on that week and and i'm i think i think we need more of that everywhere around the country uh, just just to spark that interest because i'm a parent of three and sometimes, a lot of times, what we end up doing as a family is something that my children want to do. And uh, maybe if we can get a, get more children wanting gardens, we can get more parents planting gardens. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think it's a good way to 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 get people into it. I think that's a phenomenal idea. Getting into the schools, um, the community garden that I volunteer at, they have. Um, a rec center right nearby so um a, a lot of the kids come over and um it, it's fun for them to see oh like the, you're this is what the results of you know your what you're planting is uh, let's start with radishes because usually they sprout up really fast mm -hmm. um just to show them like hey like this is how you take care of a plant and you know it 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 grows with time and you have to show it love every day. It's almost like having a pet. Um, but yeah, definitely getting into schools and appealing to people, but um, it's, it's essential to grow your own food. So I, I really hope that people catch on just based on the lifestyle that we're living and just continue to share it with people and let them know, hey, you can start with baby steps. You don't have to go all the way out all at once and overwhelm yourself and think you need to buy all the things that's unnecessary. Literally just start with one pot, start growing some seeds, see how that goes, you know, study the plant, see if you're overwatering it, if you're, if you know, just plants are really sensitive. They'll talk to you, they'll show you how they're feeling and, um, it's 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 your own little experiment and it's very cheap it's very very affordable and and everybody it's, it's can a do form it. of therapy to be honest because um even this past 
last year I lost my, my grandmother's younger sister. She was all into plants too. So she helped raise me in Jamaica and I wasn't able to go to her funeral. Um, so that really affected me really badly having to watch a funeral over a Zoom call because, you know, the borders are closed and you can't travel. Right. Um, but gardening really got me through that, like growing kale or picking strawberries. And it, it, it's, it's just an amazing feeling waking up the next day and seeing something else grew or, you know, your tomatoes are ripening or leaves are getting bigger. Um, yeah, it's definitely very therapeutic. Yeah, and, and all the years I've been growing, nothing makes me happier than going out there and seeing a new sprout or something. Yeah. What's your um your morning routine like around your plants? Uh, so uh, I have uh, everything right now is in the greenhouse closet, so winter here. Mm-hmm. And, and even though some days are in the 60s, some days are in the 70s, some days are in the 40s. So I have a mister system um, throughout the greenhouse. So, mm-hmm. I, so I get up in the morning and I go to, to the first greenhouse and I hook the water hose up. I get the mister running and I, and I let it mist for five to 10 minutes just to get a good soaking on the ground. And That's then I, I go check the chickens and turkeys while they're doing that. Make sure they have food and they have water. Come back and then I go to the other greenhouse and they have a mist system in there too. But that's also where my fish tanks are. So uh, I turn the misters on there. I go in there, I check the fish, I make sure everybody's happy. I make sure the pH levels are good in the water. And then I walk down and check on my goats and sheep while that greenhouse is, is watering. Come uh, come late February, early March, when I start planting things actually outside of the greenhouses, it'll, it'll be the same thing, sort of, because I have a drip irrigation system out there. So it'll just be getting the drip irrigation going while I'm doing that. Uh, I'll do some weeding while the while the plants are being irrigated and and yeah it's it's a great start to the morning it's a it's a relaxing start to the day absolutely and uh, I I work entirely from home so I have that luxury I know a lot of people don't. you have that luxury yeah <laughs> same um, so um, but you know when I worked at a nine to five job that was my routine in the evening you know it, it, was, it was it was reversed so I I wound down my day out in my garden out with the animals and. And uh, it's 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 a great way to just calm the spirit and and just kind of just relax into the evening and and it's it it is very therapeutic like like you said it definitely uh, is um, um, I, I honest, honestly didn't understand um, why my grandmother would wake up at six o'clock in the morning even earlier and go straight into her garden. You know, growing up seeing that, you know, <laughs> it's 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 an amazing um, hobby I, I, to have. I, it's I a lifestyle, make, honestly. It is, and I, I do make a cup of coffee before I go do all that. So I have my coffee out there with me. You have your coffee. Yeah. So while you're doing that, that's great. But uh, oh, I'm, I'm I've thought about it as being therapeutic, but not quite to the level that you've made me think about it that way it's always been something I did but yeah sitting here thinking about it the days that I miss my garden first thing in the morning I'm on a completely different level that day you know it's Mm -hmm. it's you know I'm not thinking straight I'm not making the best decision I'm more anxious throughout the day I guess I'm more hectic yeah so yeah absolutely definitely definitely very therapeutic 
Yeah, I think of it as a means of meditation because um, you're basically not overthinking. So you're tending to these plants and you're tending to these animals and you know, you could be stuck in your head with thoughts, but you're you're literally just working through your day. And I'm I'm a, I like nature. I'm a tourist. I'm an earth sign. So um, grounding is a very important thing for me. So I like going out barefooted. I mean, clearly not now because it's freezing outside, but just leveling out my energy and soaking up the sun and um, just just not thinking too hard, like almost like keeping it like a, as a meditation. Um, yeah, it, 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 it feels great. And, you know, hearing the birds and the, the, the wind blowing, it, it all just, it just feels, it feels very spiritual connecting with plants. Absolutely. And and I've been, um, every now and then I throw her out there, I said, you know, because I, I, I talk to a lot of people that's interested in homestead steading and one thing that i do is help teach people how to start homesteading um mm-hmm. but i always tell them you have to work with the earth you have to work with the environment around you if you work against it it will always fail if absolutely you, if you work in in harmony with it if you if you take care of the earth the earth takes care of you so it's um you know none of none of my farm has cleared land um we've worked around what was already there and we've used what was already there to our advantage um and and that's how you have to do and and that just brings nature into what you're already doing versus you know it definitely does versus the big agricultural farms you know where it's just cleared out pasture lands and and uh, my goats down there they they sleep more in the trees than they sleep in the actual house that i built them and uh, because that's more natural for them i guess and uh, my chickens they roost in trees they don't roost in a coop oh that's phenomenal um, i actually have i have two flocks i have one flock that is pinned up but they're in a very very large pen and then i have mm-hmm. what i call my wild birds and uh, they roam the yard they roam the property they keep the the fire ants eating and they keep the fleas and the ticks I'm, i don't i haven't seen a tick in years since i let chickens roam the, the yard and uh, they sleep in the woods like in the, in the morning, they'll come wandering out of the woods. You'll see them, and, and in the evening, they go back. But you're you're not scared about like um, hawks coming after your chickens. No, um, I've I've never lost a chicken to a hawk. Wow. Um, I did lose some to a fox one year. Um, oh, okay. The the biggest threat to my animals is people not keeping their dogs tied up or locked up. Or, yeah. Uh, yeah dogs are definitely very curious with chickens i had uh i came home four years ago i came home from work and there was about 30 dead birds in my yard and a dog oh, I'd, no. and a dog i had never seen sitting there in the middle of all of them and uh so yeah my you know i know i lose some animals to nature um especially my wild birds because they have they lay their eggs in the woods and they hatch their eggs in the woods and i'll go outside and suddenly there's mama hen and like 10 or 12 babies yeah. behind her and i'm like oh she had babies and then you'll see them drop off one day there's 12 one day there's 10 the week later there'll be five and then you know only two survive to adulthood out of the 12 15 however many she had and uh it, it's it's sad but it's nature at the same time 
Yeah, that's how nature is. Nature is vicious. It is. Okay, and it's... I just I let them do their thing and I don't I don't interfere with them and and they keep my pests down and you know, people have to pick ticks off of their dogs or treat their dogs for fleas. My farm dogs, I've never had to do that. They don't have ticks or fleas. And uh, that's wow. called that's caused the the chickens wandering the yard. Yeah, the chickens, and, yeah, absolutely. So that that's a I, I do everything organically. I don't do any pesticide or herbicide. So um, that's one of my my ways of uh, keeping pests down is letting the chickens roam the yard. And, yeah, uh, I love it. Um, yeah, we ruin our, our yards with chemicals. Um, that's another thing that, you know, I feel like people need to really become enlightened on because roundup is not good for your yard it really just destroys the natural the natural ecosystems that live in your yard and you know it's bad for the bees too um i was in a chat room on clubhouse i don't know if you've heard of clubhouse it's like a, mm -hmm. a forum for um chats but there's a gardening group on clubhouse and they were hosting a chat with beekeepers and the beekeepers kept talking about you know anytime i had a swarm or like lost any bees it was due to people spraying chemicals so organic farming and spreading the word on how essential it is to just not use chemicals in your yard because there may be somebody next to you that you know has a garden and you know the, the, the you put all this effort into buying organic seeds and heirloom seeds and you're only watering it good fresh water and using the right potting soil and you know someone else's chemicals can mess with your plants yep. so and uh I've, I've never had that I, I live in a very rural area and, in a rural uh, area yeah. so I, I have one neighbor to the right of me it's an older couple and uh they're they're they don't garden but they're very much into their yard and they do their yard naturally mm -hmm. um, they have a, a very beautiful yard and to the other side's a cow pasture so i used to have my bees up along that side of the property where the cow pasture was so the bees could go out into the pasture and, and get the wildflowers yeah. and everything one year, two years ago, the guy that owns the cow pasture, he come through with a four-wheeler and he was spraying the fence line. And oh, I, no. I lost every single hive I had that was along that fence line. But within a week, That's heartbreaking. Within a week, all four hives were dead. So, yeah. So where, where I keep my bees at now, there is a very, very thick bamboo grove and a patch of woods and you can't even see daylight through it so they have a nice filter from that side of the property wow so that's really great then but is yeah. there anything that you're thinking of adding to your homestead i'm really interested in the, your um, entire ecosystem because you're saying that you're gonna be growing fish with a, um plants that's something i want to get my mom into she has a way bigger backyard than i do so um beekeeping for sure and doing fish with greens on top but yes. as for getting the right tanks and knowing what fish will survive in the cold or you know the heat because connecticut gets really cold like like the other night it was probably seven degrees but in the summertime it can get up to a hundred so 
um, with the seasons changing so drastically, we, we're not really sure what fish yeah, you'd, you'd have or to, if you have to change fish by the seasons. Um, no, changing fish. I, I did it before and I lost a, my whole system in a storm. In your area, trout is a really good fish too. Trout, yeah. Um, they're 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 very cold tolerant. Um, I grow tilapia down here, but I have a much more tropical environment. Okay, I'll look into that. Um, and a fish and a fish tank here will will do wonders to. Uh... So okay, I have a friend of mine in Michigan that's growing fish. He, a he keeps them in a greenhouse, so the greenhouse provides some warmth. And B, he has painted the tanks completely black. So the sun's rays that do hit the tank absorb into the black coloring and just heats the water. So his, wow. his greenhouse actually stays pretty warm all winter long because of the fish tanks that are in there. Um, that, you know, that water slowly releases the heat overnight. So, yeah, and they're swimming around. And so it, uh, it, it stays pretty warm. And, and he, does, he does have a greenhouse heater in there as well. But I don't think it does much. It's like one of those small space heaters you put in the, in the corner of your bedroom. Yeah. So I, I think most of it's solar energy. That's so phenomenal. It, it can be done up north. It, it is easier for me. I know a lot of things are easier for me down here on the Gulf Coast, um, temperature-wise. But, yeah, and so we have the fish that are going in. Um, I have tilapia on order um, as, soon as, mm -hmm. they're, as soon as the batch gets think I ordered four to five inch fingerlings so as soon as they get big enough um, I will have them here um we had a baby goat born yesterday so that's something new to the farm and nice and what initially got you into homesteading so I started about a decade ago um let's see I'm 30 seven years old so i was about 26 27 when i started and i, I lived in a very urban area in, in north carolina mm -hmm. and um i i literally just got sick of how i was living my life you know it was junk food and beer and tv and and i wanted something different and uh growing up i used to spend the summer at my great-grandmother's house up in virginia and she had this massive one acre garden that I absolutely hated working in when I was younger. Oh man. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, I, I hated great grandma's house because she had you out there from sun up to sundown. Yeah, of course garden. she's going to have you working. <laughs> right. And uh, so I got to thinking about that and I was like, you know, I was like, but she always had the best food. And um, I got to thinking about it and, and, you know, my mom would go see my great grandma and she'd bring back cart uh, jars, canned jars of food from great grandma's house. And it always tasted the best. And so I guess food is what got me, got me started. I got tired of what I was eating and I wanted something different. And then I planted my first garden that failed miserably that year. And, but it, I've just been going ever since. That's phenomenal. And to think that you you um thought about this at such um a young age too, you know, a lot of people don't get into um thinking about you know just separating themselves from the status quo and you know the the lifestyle of just eating whatever is advertised to you or whatever right. is normal and you know at that age um 
clearly your grandmother definitely planted a good seed in your she in, did. in your in your brain for you to realize that you know what that's probably the best route for me to grow my own food and focus on on being self-sustainable you know i joined the army when i was 17 and the army eats like junk and then uh when i got out of the army i had my party years going to the clubs every night and and all that mm-hmm. uh, yeah so by 26 27 years old i was just tired of all that stuff yeah you were already like okay it's time for me to just live my best life and... yeah it's, it's, time, <laughs> it's time to grow up and change some things and and so so that's how i got where i'm at and then i met my wife yeah and, um she's the one that moved me from the city to the countryside and um, yeah we got out here and we got this place and the guy we were reading from he was, i was like can i grow a garden he's like yeah i don't care what you do and uh, so it started with garden and then my wife wanted chickens and then we got chickens and then my wife wanted goats and then we got goats and goats yeah it, it just built bigger and bigger the turkeys were my idea i always wanted turkeys and then uh, uh-huh. the sheep were my ideas because i wanted sheep so yeah we went from a little little maybe 100 square foot garden in the city to out here to a three acre farm that love just, it we just grow bigger and bigger every year we add something every year uh, this year is the fish. Um, if I had the money, I would I'd be adding a lot more stuff. But you know, it's a we we have to do it step by step, build up a little step more by step. And you're actually doing really great. You have all these um, different animals, and now you're venturing into fish. Um, do you ever think about um, doing classes and teaching people like how to? Um, start a garden or how to take care of the animals i have a um i have a a, a book i wrote on gumroad um an ebook and that's for that's for people who have never touched a seed or a nice. piece, of, piece of dirt in their entire like it's just the absolute beginner's book and then uh i do uh i call it homestead coaching and there's several people i'm working with right now and and they're in different states and it's kind of harder doing it over zoom calls but um you know, they'll walk me around their garden or, or their, their grow area or whatever, their mm-hmm. greenhouse, whatever they're working on, and show me this is what's going on here, this is what's going on here, and then I kind of guide them, all right, well, this might work better, or, you know, this idea you got, you're going to waste your money. I tried that five years ago, and it was, it was terrible. Yeah, and, of course. Yeah, that's great. Because, uh, so you know, some people don't even know how to even set up the garden based on the position of the sun and how much sunlight they're getting or even those basic things. So some people may be failing at a garden and you look at the position and where it is, it's not getting the sunlight that it deserves. I so see that, that very first really year. Great. But I think um, you hosting classes at your at your home would definitely be a great idea too. I just I just picked up a new client who actually lives local to me, met her on Twitter. So uh, she will get the benefit of being able to come to my farm. We've already talked. I was like, I'm just going to bring you out here and She's going to get some hands-on experience with the plants. She's going to get some of the animals. Um, trying to talk her into the bees. If she don't want to, I understand. But yeah, I think uh, I think I think the, <laughs> I think the first time she sees me go out there with no bee suit on, no nothing, and mess with my bees, I think she'll be a little more convinced. She'll understand. Yes. Um, and as a newbie, 
I, I, I'm a little hesitant because, you know, I'm, I'm scared of bees. But at the same time, it's like bees never really bother you. you know? <laughs> Wasp will sting you without right. a reason, but um, bees have to be agitated. So when, when we get done, here, uh, that's another a new challenge. When we get done recording, I'll send you a video on Twitter. Um, it's my daughter. My, well, she was four at the time, but it was my uh-huh. six year old daughter petting and playing with honeybees. Oh, beautiful! Yeah, they're they're they just they're they're such passive animals that, uh, like I said, unless you're ripping their home out of a building like I do in the springtime, mm-hmm. like they're they're so everybody has this killer bee swarm you mentality, but yeah, I've, no, I've only encountered one hive that actually did that, and, and like I said, that was when I was removing from somewhere, like they were attacking me before I ever got close to them wow they they were were probably already agitated right but uh yeah so um yeah i got one person that gets the benefit of actually coming out to the farm and and uh, she's gonna get some hands-on training and i do want to start doing that locally i'm also wanting to do a um i'm talking with two different lawyers right now about forming Uh a um non-profit and uh yeah non-profit is good this is the right time to start one and I'm thinking about calling it Urban Mana, and the mm-hmm. whole the whole purpose of it will be to to create community gardens and food deserts all around the country eventually. Like I, like, I would I would love to join in if 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 you ever decide to um, spread over to Connecticut, I'd absolutely love to join in with your initiative. Yeah, that, um, that that's my goal. I'm gonna I'm gonna start Mississippi, Louisiana, Alabama area where I'm at. And, yeah. uh, and hopefully I can grow it and bring people on in other states and help do that in other states. But I got, I have two lawyers that are working with me for free because mm-hmm. they, they like the idea too. And they're trying to help me get all the legal stuff figured out. And so hopefully in the next year we can get that up and going. Yeah, people, that's good to hear. People need food. so People need food and food deserts are definitely an issue that will you know once we're in any type of um food scarcity that you know the urban communities are always going to be affected the most right you know so if if i can teach even if it's five people five people a week just how to grow their own food that's me making an impact on even more people their entire family they can like give food to everybody around them so i'm just starting from the the smallest amount of effort that i can do you know with me building little herb gardens for people and having them see hey i'm giving you these plants see how you take care of them see how they grow once you realize it's not that scary because the first thing people want to say i don't have a green green thumb and i'm like you don't have to have a green thumb you follow the rules and um, this is how this plant likes to be watered. This is how that plant likes um, its sunlight. You follow them exactly how it is. If you mess up, that's fine. It's just a plant. You can you can grow another one. But people just have this fear when it comes to plants. And I, I do understand some. I used to be the type that would buy a plant, not really take care of it. It dies. And then I feel like crap like having to buy another one but it's a learning process it's small steps so you know with me building little herb gardens for people I feel like that's kind of lowering people's inhibitions when it comes to gardening um 
So uh, this spring, I'm helping all of my friends. I don't care where you live, what your apartment's like. You have some type of sunlight coming into your apartment. You have a little balcony. I'm going to help you build um, a little garden. I'm going to document it. I'm going to put it on my um, Instagram. You can give me a review, comment underneath it, something like I'll just film a little video of them being happy about their plant and then hopefully that spreads the word. I also I'm trying to use um, sponsored posts. Um, so when, whenever you post these pictures, especially the interactive videos with people that are learning, it's always a good thing to just um, use that as an ad because people love real life situations. You know, when you seem scripted, it's not really interesting to watch. So, right. um, yeah, just building that content and helping the people around me and hoping that they spread the word and just helping people just build their own little gardens. It's 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 something that we need to, um, you know, just remove that that uncomfortable feeling. Gardening is something that our ancestors did for hundreds and hundreds of years. This is how we've always survived throughout. Gard, gar, gardening is the only reason civilization Good times was even and possible. Bad times. Uh, exactly yeah so i'm i've i think it's a great idea and i'm gonna i'm gonna follow your lead i'm gonna start giving um little herb for sure um just documenting that just regular everyday life and just letting people see how enjoyable it is even you know even pictures of you um getting eggs and making your breakfast right away people like the transition, you know, like the, the same thing, how we, we love watching people unbox gifts. Like it's right. that feeling of dopamine that is as if you're the one unboxing the gift, you're feeling as if you're the one in the video. So uh, this is how people communicate these days. And it, it's hard for me because I'm not the type of person to document every single thing I do. Like, oh, this should right. be you know, because you're just living your best life. You're just out here taking care of your plants and your family. And, you know, you have um, all your animals. It's an everyday thing to you. But to someone else who, you know, is interested in that, they would love to see, like, even the smallest bit of content from you. Yeah, and so. that, that's my problem. I don't ever think about creating the content. I'm just doing it. Yeah, you just live in oh. your life because that's been your life for the past decade, you know? And, it, and it's a luxury to have all of that around you, that abundance. I'm sure you if if you <laughs> if if shit was to hit the fan and you 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 don't have to go if it um you know, you wouldn't have to go to the supermarket for anything. Right. Except maybe toilet paper. But. Yeah, you have all your essentials. <laughs> you know, uh all the all the pictures and videos not all of them i have taken some but most of them my wife took i, I I'm yeah not gonna lie. like I'll, I'll post something on twitter i'm like hey i was doing this in the garden today like yeah my wife totally took that picture <laughs> yeah you are living it. the good life and you know growing up on a homestead as a kid i did not appreciate it the same way that i do now i had avocado trees in my front yard oranges um lemons limes bananas planting um we would have sweet potatoes um everything that you can think of from the the plants um herbs we we had a little herb garden with mint and thyme and just i always had fresh food in 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 my in, in my um 
and my food. I, I mean, if, if I didn't want to eat lunch, I could just go out and hang out in the in an apple tree and pick apples and eat apples all day. And that's something that I'm deprived of right now. So, right. Um, yeah, it's absolutely a luxury. And, you know, I think you should absolutely document it as much as you can. <laughs> and, and I see that with mine. My two boys, I have two boys and a girl. And the boys absolutely hate anything to do with the homestead. Yeah. It. It's... Um, my daughter, she doesn't care about the plants, but she loves the animals. So um, mm-hmm. I, I That's think great that she loves the animals. I, I hope they'll be like me. I hope they'll get a little bit older and be like, you know. I know they will. They that, will. That, that, was, that was nice. I, I want to do that again. So you know, that was my thing. I was at great grandma's fresh food from the garden i mean we we ate breakfast from the garden we ate lunch from the garden we ate dinner from the garden and yep. I did, always I did from the garden there's always something that you and the 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 sense of pride that you get that you know i grew these potatoes and they mm-hmm. taste phenomenal it's just it, it's just gonna make that food taste even better you know when you can take one potato and cut it up two three times and get 15 pounds of potatoes three months later that's true you know that's that is an awesome feeling you're like this is I, I did this i did all this so it uh it, it is i've never thought about the pride part either but there is a sense of pride yeah. but, and and for me it's the uh it's the miracle of life I, I love going out there sometimes like i won't even look at my plants really closely for three or four days just so when i do come back and do a deep inspection i see so many changes so many changes new leaves new buds and or if i go on vacation for a week and i come back well a little bit of sunlight and some care can do yeah you know you leave for a week for vacation and come back and uh you know it's completely different garden that you come back to completely different (laughs) that is true um over the summer i i went to um martha's vineyard with my friends and i i have a garden tower um, with kale and everything doubled in size within four days when I came back I was just giving out kale like it like it was nothing <laughs> um what kind of garden tower do you have and um the garden field? tower project on on um okay I, know what you're talking I think about. they have an Instagram mm-hmm. yeah I've seen them does it work so for- they have it's like a system where you can have composting worms in the middle. Mm-hmm. So you can put all your um, vegetable compost and they it has a, a little drainage system at the bottom that collects all the compost tea. So you can use that and recycle it on top. Does it work really well? It works really well. Last summer I grew mostly kale, but I did have some strawberries, lavender, rosemary basil i put some um marigolds in there also but towards the fall i was having issues with those um little white um butterflies that the, mm-hmm. with the, the, the green caterpillars the yeah. cabbage the, the cabbage worms oh my yep. gosh they were eating my kale like no tomorrow but yeah it's a really great system it recycles itself and um you don't really have to worry about using any type of plant food. I do add some fish fertilizer to my water every once in a while, but um, I think the compost tea does really good. And then when the compost breaks down in the middle, Mm -hmm. then I can just push it down. I usually use like an old broom, push everything down in the middle to the bottom and I just recycle that on top. 
so that's why inside of the that, that's what's so great yeah. about the aquaponics system you know you, you have the fish waste that kind of feeds the plants and the plants filter the water yeah aquaponics that's just the new thing that i need to learn and uh yeah, i've been diving deep in the in the youtube videos <laughs> it's uh it, it's it's when i did it a couple of years ago it, it was a lot of fun and that's the one that the storm uh, i we lost to a storm and that wasn't even a hurricane it was just a real bad thunderstorm in january when you're but uh, oh no! So we got that going again this year. I have two 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 hundred seventy five gallon tanks out there. Um, they'll hold seventy fish each. But you can buy, you know, the one that sits on your desktop. That's a three gallon really? aquarium with goldfish. Oh yeah, I, you know I've seen like the top. little mini aquariums of the mini fish. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I mean you can't. I mean, I guess you could eat a goldfish, but you know, for that for that one, you're just feeding your plants without you just feeding your plants and right. growing little um sprouts yeah so there there's a there's a way to scale anything bigger or smaller in in gardening regardless of how you do it i have one guy um we're helping him build a hydroponic system completely in his basement with grow lights so he's growing all his food indoors in the dark yeah i've seen that that's amazing i didn't know that it could do it indoors and and that's what i tell people i'm like everybody can grow something somewhere everybody has a spot you know it, even if you gotta buy grow lights and it looks like you're growing marijuana in your closet you can grow some kale or some carrots or something exactly you know. if you can put all that effort into growing anything else right. you're growing marijuana you can definitely grow some kale yep so. Well, Jody, it has been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. And uh, yes, it has been a thank you so much. I really appreciate this opportunity to chat with you, and um, very inspired by your story. And um, I hope to, you know, connect with you some more. I mean, I, I follow you on Twitter, so I'll definitely follow you on all the socials. And absolutely, uh, stay in touch with me when you're helping people with their gardens. Um, yeah, let me know if you need any help. I do garden planning. Um, most definitely i'll definitely do that thank and, you uh, so much and, and probably continue going... to spread the word of um community gardening um backyard gardening urban gardening all types of gardening um it's essential right now so yeah and as, as we... many people as we can reach and tell them about this then it'll be better for us all well as we get further into the spring i'd love to have you back on absolutely thank you so much thank you and we will we will with that we will end the podcast and everybody have a wonderful day thank you